Hi everyone, John Clare here. Welcome to episode 22 of the EvoFi podcast, a finance podcast for humans. Today's episode is a special listener request. And it's for all of you out there who are thinking about maybe wishing that you could make a career change. Now, in my day job, we see lots of folks who are looking to quote unquote retire, maybe from a primary career, but aren't ready to sit at home or play golf all the time. Or maybe they're a mid-career person looking to make a change to a more meaningful way to earn a living. Well, a lot's changed out there since maybe you last put yourself out there in the world of recruiting or human resourcing. Uh, And that's where today's podcast comes in. So we brought in a local authority on the matter to break it all down for us. We're super lucky to have Rich Ronick on the podcast today. Rich is the co-managing partner and co-founder of Fahrenheit Advisors. Based in Scott's Edition, they are a consulting and professional services firm that helps businesses with talent acquisition, fractional leadership support, and project consulting, among other things. So if you're on the fence about making a change in your life and career, perhaps this podcast will give you a bit of inspiration and some useful information on how to get started. Representing the EvoFi team today is myself and Mariami Pierce. Dave O'Brien, Cecilia Fleming, and Penny Lowbread are all on assignment. If you're not already a subscriber to the podcast, please go ahead and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Check us out on Twitter or Instagram at EvoFiPodcast, or shoot us a line at EvoFiPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and as this is an example, if you've got ideas for topics for podcasts, let us know. Finally, as a reminder, this podcast is 100% free of any tax, legal, or investment advice. Our goal here today is education and a little fun. If you need advice in any of the areas mentioned, tailored to your specific circumstances, feel free to give us a call and we'll see how we can help. Now on to the podcast. Here's the EvoFi team talking with Rich Ronick. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to the EvoFi podcast. This is John Clare. I'm here with Mariami Pierce. Dave O'Brien and Cecilia Fleming are on assignment today. We're lucky to have our old friend, my old friend, Rich Ronick here with Fahrenheit Advisors. Thanks for joining us, Rich. Glad to be here. Thanks for making it all the way out to Dogtown. <laughs> well, you live over here. So. I live over here. So welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here in the afternoon. We are, we are uh, recording this on a sunny fall afternoon, and uh, we're excited to talk about this topic. This was a uh, listener request topic. So I was telling Rich before the show. So we're excited to learn a little bit of something about this. And Mariami, as you have recently joined us from the um, college world, you may be familiar with some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. So you'll have to help me. I've been out of the game for a while. Rich, I know you've been out a lot longer than that even. So uh, <laughs> yes, Did thank I? you for that. Okay, good, good. <laughs> anyway, so Rich, tell us a little bit about um, how you got to the gig you're in now. So uh, you know, I forget exactly when we met, but um, I believe I was in my first venture. Um, career quest. Career quest. That's right. And, um, you know, I think um, 
in 2008 and 9, which, as we were talking earlier, I think we all remember so fondly mm -hmm. as the market was trailing down, it was my first opportunity to learn some great lessons on how to fail fast. <laughs> um, so because I was in the search business um, and in a terrible economy where people stop hiring, it's a really bad business to be in. No one wants to pay you to find employees <laughs> right. when they don't need to hire any. Um, and I held on as long as I could, and um, but quickly realized I needed to change my business model. And um, there were two things that I was lacking at the time. One, I had never been in the consulting business. I was in the search business, and consulting is uniquely different than search. Um, and two, you need capital, of which I depleted all mine. Um, I was really lucky in 2009 to get a call from a local entrepreneur, a lady named Karen Adams, who's probably one of the area's um, most successful serial entrepreneurs. She had launched, I don't know, a dozen or more companies. Um, huh. You know, several in the staffing space. She had a technology staffing company. She had a, um, an IT consulting business. Um, she had launched um, uh, a company called Ironworks, okay. um, a company called Poshtach, which was a, a high-end kid retailer um, okay. of furniture. Uh, but she was a very successful entrepreneur, and she called me one day and said, you know, I know who you are, and I know the kind of search business you've built, and I think that there's an opportunity for us to do something interesting under this umbrella of companies that I've built in the accounting finance space. Would you like to chat? And I said, as a matter of fact, I would. <laughs> you know, this timing. is really good timing. Yeah. Um, so we went and had lunch and, um, and started to design sort of what, what that business might look like a little bit. Um, luckily, my business partner, who was at the co corporate controller at Performance Food Group, Big Fortune 500, that had been acquired by Blackstone, um, was also considering what his next move would be. And um, he was introduced to Karen from a totally different route. Hmm. I'd, I'd met Keith once in passing, but didn't know him. And uh, she said, gosh, you know, there's something really interesting about what Keith brings to the table and what you bring to the table. I think you guys should meet. And so that's exactly what we did. Um, we sat down for about maybe an hour and a half and talked not about what business we would build, but who we were as people. Mm -hmm. And after about an hour and a half of two beers and a plate of wings, we said, you know what, we can go into business together. And that's how it all started. Right timing, right people, huh? Right timing, right people. And now Keith, he's still with you. Is Karen part of the firm as well? Uh, no. So okay. year two, we bought Karen and the investor group out. Okay. So it's now just Keith and I and um, a ton of people that are much smarter than we are. Yeah. And uh, just a shout out. What's the website for Fahrenheit Advisors? FahrenheitAdvisors.com. Okay. And they're located in downtown Scott's Edition. I noticed the, there's a the trendy the downtown. Trendy, trendy block. The trendy as opposed block. to That's where right. our block might be someday. <laughs> um, there's a Ronstadt in your building, too. Is that related to you guys? Not at all. Okay. So, yeah, which is interesting. And I mean, they're a staffing business. And, um, and uh, so that makes it um, a little bit interesting to have them in the building in that there is a small segment of our, of our business that could potentially overlap. Frankly, we almost never find them as a competitor. Okay. You know, we're in a consulting advisory space. They're in a staffing space and typically sort of on the lower end of, of the kinds of projects we might find. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's dive in here. Uh, I wanted to talk about um, the topics that 
that some of our listeners have asked for. But first, I want to talk about something called the Evo 5. Now, I know I've given you these questions in advance, and there seems to be a little bit of noise here, so I'll stop moving. But I think I found the bad cable, by the way. I think it's mine. <laughs> Anyhow, the Evo 5. So just a way to get to know you a little bit better. I mean, you know, we go back a long ways, and um, at least, uh, gosh, probably, what, over 10 years? Oh. And when I saw you in the hallway, I, I could spot you from a mile away. But It's way more than 10. I hate it? to say it. I think it's probably... Probably closer to 15, but oh, let, let's stop counting. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'm starting to sound like my father. Too, That's right. So anyway, you remember back when? Anyway, but for our listeners out there, to get them to, to know you a little bit better before we start talking, five questions. First one, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? So this one at the moment is pretty easy for me because okay. um, I'm, I'm dabbling a little bit um, as a um, – as a roadie for a rock band that my boys are in, um, and, and I play sound guy, so I'm I'm highly unqualified for this, um, and I'm not sure that I would I would do this for other bands, but um, the ability to do to to be a part of something that is so much fun that yeah. they are enjoying yeah. um, has been great. So I love playing sound guy with uh, with the band. Do you have your own equipment? Absolutely. Okay. We have, have a highly complex um, sound system that we've acquired over the past couple of years, and um, you know, it's all it, you it's know, all computer probably now. It's all it's all Mac digitally based, and so I've I've had a, a pretty steep learning curve, uh, but being able to do that with 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 the boys and their band has been just an awesome experience. So, so what do they play? What instruments do they play? I have a drummer okay. and a guitar player. Excellent. And th- so there are five five guys in the band. Okay. Uh, my boys are twin boys, nineteen. Um, and uh, and they've basically all these guys have grown up together. Most of them went to elementary school together oh, and have remained cool. friends. And uh, oh, it's cool. been a it's been a great experience. So do we get a shout out to the band? You know, we we are international, so it, yes, right. <laughs> so um, they're doing a al- uh, EP release on October thirty first. The name of their band is Hollywood Cemetery. Hollywood Cemetery, is yeah. it? Dare I say HollywoodCemetery dot com? Uh, Hollywood Cemetery Band. Com. Com. Okay. Yeah, which will be coming out soon. Okay. Did they yeah. even use the internet anymore? They're probably on these cool yeah. apps now. Oh yeah, you got to be cool and be on Instagram, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the deal. Um, that's why we have Rich Instagram. here. So they're instas. <laughs> All right. So, what's your favorite word? Boy, so y- you did send these to me, and I tried to narrow down. Uh, you know, my best answer for this is I, I have. A, f- a couple of phrases that are written on, we have whiteboard walls in our office all over the place and written on my whiteboard wall are be entrepreneurial, take risk and have faith. And I, I'd say it's those three things that ground me on a daily basis um, in running my business, running my life, helping try and impart lessons to my kids, the band, our team. Um, it's very inspiring. Most of the time, it's like, you know, the F word or something. But, <laughs> so I'm glad you, you, you brought that to, to make it somewhat meaningful. So. That's right. I, I tried. You know, I tried. I studied. You're like a father figure, I bet, to the people that work there and, and to the band. So I think that's really, Old, really quite great. Probably more like older brother. Yeah. Well, that's cool because that makes you somewhat still cool, right? That's right. That's right. I tried. All right. Uh, so you're going to like question number five, I think, in a second. But what would you do differently if you knew no one would judge you? My wife will love this one. I'd probably dance. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, inside, inside, I think I can dance outside. I'm pretty sure I can't. Okay. So if I knew I wasn't going to be judged, 
I'd, but if you got the you got the I'd, confidence to do I'd it, I'd probably just let it roll. Sounds like a challenge. I know. Your name's your wife's name's Heather, right? Yeah. Heather, if you're listening, <laughs> get him on the dance floor. There's a wedding this weekend. Maybe we could try it. Perfect out. timing. <laughs> we won't be out by the wedding, but uh, maybe next next wedding. Mm. Greatest of all time. If you had to pick somebody, you know the proverbial. If you could have dinner with one person, huh. who, what comes to mind? Um, or who I should say. Gosh, you know, this was a stumper too. You know, I'd say there's some qualities of what I think uh, are in the greatest of all times. And um, the quality that comes to mind to me is like this humble factor. Like I've met lots of folks that have had lots of success in their business or they're great athletes or they're great musicians. And the ones that come to the table and they're, you're like, wow, they are really grounded. Mm-hmm. And I would have assumed that as great as they are, they'd be way up here. But when they are, you know, so interested in you, when you're thinking, holy smokes, that's, that's a goat. Um, uh, But it's that humble factor that I think I look in when I see people, whether they're, you know, great successes on a big national basis and names that we all know, or if there's somebody here that are doing something really great in the small space that they play in. Okay. So someone who's humble. Yep. But you guys still got to name somebody. Who comes to mind? When I saw this, the person that came to mind was my grandfather. Okay. Uh, Who, you know, as you roll things back, um, boy, if you could just spend one more dinner, one more conversation, that's the person I probably want to spend it with. What made him remarkable? He was so selfless. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, he was just such a selfless guy. And... Um, willing to give of his time. He never met a stranger. You know, there's a lot of qualities I I hope I emulate that he had. Yeah. Great man. That's that's a great answer. All right. Well, I hate to go from your grandfather to this next question, so (laughs) there's no easy way to do it. So respectfully, we're up to the Name That Tune section of the podcast. And I just said, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a sound guy from my boys' band, so, so I know that the expectation's high that I'm going to be able to name a All bunch right. of music. But. So here's the deal. Um, so we have a song in the theme of the podcast. You have not been given it in advance. That is correct. Mariami's going to look at me like, I have no idea what this song is. <laughs> Rich, I think you're going to know this one pretty easy. Now, I'm going to play oh, it God, about 15 off. seconds, um, and then uh, we'll reveal. Ready? Here we go. I've been working in this factory for now 15 years. All this time I watched my woman drowning in a pool of tears. And I've seen a lot of good folk die, had a lot of bills to pay. I'd give the shirt right off of my back if I had the guts to say. Take this job and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you could have stopped it just a little bit earlier, I would have sung the next line for you. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to hit the stop button, and I couldn't get it to. It took me a, it took me a little while to get there, but... Okay, so the name of the song, song is what? Take this job and shove it, man. And who sings it? Do you know? Classic country name. At least I think so. Johnny Paycheck. Johnny, oh, well, that makes total sense. I mean, really? I mean, it's perfect. Mary, she's giving me the look that I thought she was going to give me. You love that song, don't you? It's a, it's a classic song. It's got to be on your playlist. Yeah, it's a classic Top 10. song. It should definitely be on the Fahrenheit uh, playlist. Mm. We'll put it, I, ooh, I don't know if I could. 
Yeah, maybe we'll we'll think about that. Maybe your the Hollywood Cemetery could cover it. That's right. <laughs> that sounds so. just like their sound. Okay. Well, you, you, you rock it up a little bit. All right, you're a good sport, Rich. Thanks for do, thanks for playing along. So, you and I were talking beforehand uh, about Fahrenheit Advisors and how it's really evolved over the past several years, and would love to hear a little bit just about you know uh, the business overall, and then kind of where you see um, kind of the 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 employment kind of current state of employment and kind of what some trends going on out there. And then, you know, I want to talk about folks who may be looking to change careers and maybe some tips you can give them. So kind of tee up Fahrenheit Advisors for us and what you do every day, and we'll go from there. Sure. Well, I mean, Fahrenheit is a middle market consulting and advisory firm across a a spectrum of services. Um, The backbone of the company is accounting finance consulting services. And we've helped companies of all shapes and sizes, all kinds of industries. Um, and there's a, a couple of areas, and I'll touch on just a few as an example, um, from organizations going through significant change. Maybe they've been acquired um, or they're acquiring something, and they need uh, assistance to come in and, and move through that transaction. Or they are growing and they need help selecting a system, implementing that system, and implementing new processes and procedures. Those are the kinds of projects that maybe our experts would come in and and assist with. Um, We're focused um, also on a fractional model um, for organizations. So high growth companies that need um, really high level expertise, but just not on a full-time basis. So as an alternative to hiring somebody, you would engage our firm and have, say, a CFO become part of your team a day a week, couple days a week, couple days a month. And then we also have folks that, you know, may also play controller on that team or analyst or what have you. Okay, so well. you, so you, you, you have people who have experience and, you know, as CFOs in their previous life or controllers and people who are really good at what they do, but maybe don't want to be working for that Fortune 500 company. And so you've got the talent there in the firm and give them the experience to work many different kind of roles at once. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and not just not just folks with experience, but, I mean, pinch me types of, yeah. of capabilities. We've got folks that have taken companies public, raised capital, exited successfully. They've seen every transaction. So primarily on the finance and accounting side? A lot of finance and accounting okay. expertise, but... Um, operations um, in you know senior level COO or yeah. C, even interim CEO kinds of capabilities you'll find on our team HR expertise um, sales manufacturing supply chain kinds of expertise okay. um, and then of course we'll get to talking about our search practice okay. as well yeah I definitely want to touch on that before we move on um, the the fractional um, you call it fractional resource, fractional CFO, fractional, yep. I guess it doesn't have to be a CFO, right? Right. But, um, there are a lot of people that, that we work with who, who have been in their jobs for a long time, and they would say they have a dedicated skill, uh, but they're not necessarily loyal to a, their company or an industry. And I hear them kind of in their head right now saying, how do I, how do I connect with something like that where I can, well, I don't have to be retrained. Yeah. I can go and put my experience to use yeah. for good instead of evil. I mean, what... What kind of advice can you give someone like that who who hears that and says, right, perfect? You know, I think it's part of it's the skill set. You know, I I understand, you know, if you're um, if you're a really solid technical expert in your space today, in your organization, your industry, maybe you can apply that 
to multiple industries or multiple different types of companies. Not everybody's built to be a consultant. Yeah. And I'd say that's probably the biggest challenge. It's not that you're not capable of doing the work. It's, it's changing your mentality of going to one place every day, working with yeah. the same culture and the same people and the same challenges and the same timelines yeah. to having multiple clients and a different mindset to not own every outcome. You know, the, there's just a totally different shift in how you work, how you interact. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that because I have a few follow-up questions, but in the interest of time, I want to yep. talk about the search part too. So, yep. um, so talk about the, the job landscape overall. We were talking about a little bit, you know, the market specifically maybe in Richmond, but then also kind of what you see out there, macro trends, you know, whether it's um, hot careers, hot fields, maybe other trends you see with retirees looking for second careers. Just what do you see out there right now in your, in your, through your lens? Yeah, I, um, I think the starting point for this conversation is the realization of where we are today, which I think is changing. But, you know, to, to sort of put a baseline for the conversation, um, the last time unemployment was this low, uh, we landed on the moon. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's gone up and down. It's gotten low before, but it's not been this low since 1969. Wow. That's because everybody was working for the government to get people on the moon, right? <laughs> Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so that says something. Yeah. You know, we are at, you know, we're at roughly full employment right now. Yeah. Um, optimism's really high. Companies feel like they're doing really well. And hiring is... Um, at a, at a super high point. Yeah. Um, and I'd say that our search practice is a great barometer. When folks are engaging a firm like ours and paying our fees to help them engage in search work, things are continuing to roll along pretty well. Um, there are not a lot of um, folks just sitting on the market waiting for the next thing to jump into their email. Yeah. So companies are struggling to find great talent. So. Frankly, it's a right now. It's a great time to be a candidate in the market, and this would be an experienced candidate. It doesn't have to be a first timer, but these are people who have been in the workforce for a long time. If they're thinking about making a change, whether Absolutely. it's you know retiring from their first career or just making a change now, would be a good time to consider it. Gut check time, anyway. Gut check time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, and as I alluded, I, I I do think that what we are seeing is there's a shift in the market in that. Um, you know, you're seeing some fluctuations in the market. We're, you know, coming up to an election cycle. You know, more than likely, those numbers are going to rise again. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're sitting on the fence, you're, gosh, I really think it's time for me to make a change. Let's not make that decision 18 months from now when it gets harder. Yeah. So are there certain, um, obviously, I know you deal in the finance and operations space, but are there certain you know, fields or careers or industries that are of particular um, uh, interest or uh, more, obviously tech is probably always a big one. Are there things that come to mind that people are looking for the next great thing? (laughs) You know, I think, you know, clearly, you know, as we all know, healthcare is a hot space, technology is a hot space, accounting finance has been hot. I was just speaking at a conference in Phoenix last week on talent acquisition to a private equity conference. And um, 
represented in the room was everything from restaurants to transportation to manufacturing to distribution, e-commerce, everything. And the number one concern for companies, internal concern for companies right now is attracting talent of all sorts. Okay. Hourly based to C-suite level people. Doesn't matter. So I want to talk about the attracting talent from the from the, the, the hiring side, but I also want to make about make a uh, talk about the from the uh, talent side is making yourself attractive. Yeah. And some of the things that uh, people should prepare themselves for. Um, you know, we talked a little bit beforehand about social media and gosh, LinkedIn and you know what kind of work HR folks may do behind the scenes to really do do due diligence on clients uh, or, or candidates in advance. Um, what can you talk about under the kind of the larger theme of what's changed since you last looked for a job? Yeah. I mean, what are some of the things out there now that people may not be aware of when they're, you know, they finally agree, okay, you know, Tom's, this, now's the time. We're going to do it. Um, I'm going to jump off, but I have no idea what I'm jumping into. What's that new job search world look like? Gosh, you know, the world's a lot smaller now. You know, I mean, um, you don't flip through the paper and find an ad anymore. Um, you know, I, th- I think um, particularly um, the younger age group in the, in the job market um, is able to do almost all of their research on their mobile device. So there's a tremendous engagement through social media and mobile. And, um, you know, I, I think that what we need to get accustomed to is, is sort of this new way of thinking about researching and connecting. Um, so when senior level folks come to me and say, gosh, it's been 20 some years since I've had to look for a role, or I've never looked for a job, they just have always appeared for me, and yet now here I am. Um, I, they have usually not engaged in things like LinkedIn. Um, you know, as we were talking earlier, particularly larger corporate executives, they get into their sort of corporate cocoon um, and they, they aren't engaged in the broader community. So I think the thing that, that folks need to be doing constantly, regardless of how happy you are, how successful you are in your organization, you need to consistently be engaged in the community and thinking about your profile. So basically networking. It's absolutely networking, constantly. So that's on the, I would say, in the just the live in the real world, talk to people, get away from your device, and go literally be in front of people. You mentioned LinkedIn, and I would bet there's probably people out there saying, okay, so I should just have a profile on LinkedIn. Then do people just start calling me with jobs? Like, how does one use LinkedIn yep. in, in that type of a atmosphere? Well, I think the mistake lots of folks make is, you know, they do what you just said. I, I put my profile on LinkedIn and now I'm waiting for things to happen. Yeah. Um, you sort of have to make things happen. You have to get engaged in a, in a social media platform like that. So, you know, I think there's benefits. Again, LinkedIn is, yes, a great place to find a job. It's a great place to be connected to the community, Okay. your peers, the network. So it's a virtual um, network. It's a virtual network. Not so, a technical term. Right. Like it, but yeah. But I mean, you got to think, you know, in your role today, regardless of what your role is, if you had a question about a transaction or a, your 
considering a new technology, you know, sure, you can ask the people around you, or you can engage literally millions of people mm-hmm. in a network simply on LinkedIn. Um, but there's work involved in doing that. So it's not just a job networking tool. It's a how do you be better at your trade kind of a tool. And so I think people need to think more broadly about keeping it up. It's not when you need it. You always need it. Yeah. You have to build it now. So what are some of the good hygiene things around maintaining your LinkedIn presence? I, I think a trap I see is, you know, I'm an accountant. So my title on LinkedIn is accountant. Yeah. No, you know, I think what you need to be doing there is to describe the impact you have on your organization uh, more than just the job title. You can get to your job title elsewhere in LinkedIn, but describe who you are and the impact you have. You've got like 130, 150 characters there, so be more creative. Because when people are searching, the first things they're going to see is a great picture, great profile picture, that title, right? Yeah. And and then there's a summary section where you also want to have a statement around here's what I've accomplished in my career. Cuz those are the things that they're going to read first. They're not scrolling down the screen to see what kind of icons you have. Yeah, or what job and yeah. what what bullets you had on each job. They want to see, "Hey, if I'm a, if I'm going to be interested in you, what impact are you going to have on me?" So as a recruiter on the recruiter side, I'm guessing that LinkedIn is a tool that Maybe you don't use to search for people, but certainly a, a way that you vet people, right? I mean, what, what are the things that you as a recruiter or your team would look for other than what you've just said? Yeah, I mean, clearly those things. Yeah. But um, beyond that, I think um, when I'm looking for the best in their field, I'm also looking at the groups and other things that they're engaged in in yeah. a community like that. Yeah. So I'm finding you because I'm looking at, you know, the best, the best wealth advisors, yeah. or you know, there's got to be a group like that. So if I'm searching for the best, I'm yeah. looking at how engaged people are in a conversation around okay. the industry, which lead me to those people. So you don't just Google best wealth advisor near me on Google. <laughs> I mean, it does come up with your find, name. I right, did. That's, I mean. right. <laughs> that's right. No, we can't afford to, to be best. You have to have to buy ads for that. We've learned, but. Um, but it's not as easy as going to, I mean, right. Google is great for a lot of things. Like how do you fix your kitchen sink? But when you're looking for the right candidate, or the right role, you can't always believe everything you yeah. see. Well, you know, beyond the social thing, I think there's nothing that eliminates the one-on-one direct networking opportunity. Okay. Um, you've still got to get in front of people and have a one-on-one conversation. So, again, I'm, as a listener, I'm saying, okay, great, I get it. Rich, how do I start? Uh, back when I started, you know, way back when, as you pointed out, it was, well, let's do the Chamber of Commerce. Let's do, I mean, you know, there's, you know, net business networking groups. I mean, what's the current cool thing to do out there to get people talking to one another? Is there anything? Well, all of those things still exist, okay. right? Um, but... In my business, what we encourage people to do is, regardless of what role they're in, is be engaged with the people that are part of the business. So um, our folks consult with our companies. Every one of them has an accountant, an attorney, a banker, you know, other advisors. 
hey, get engaged with those people. Know who they are. Again, I understand that what we're talking about is how do we help people find the network so that they can find the next opportunity. Yeah. And yes, this is part of that. So I'm empowering my people to do just that. Yeah. But beyond that is how do we empower them to be more successful in their role? You know, I, I think our job here is how do we train people to be the very best they can be and create an environment that they never want to leave? Yeah. My job's to keep them. Yeah. So you said something and I want to touch on it, which is um, the whole networking thing and reaching out. One thing that I found, and I think you probably would agree, is um, people have a desire for instant reward. And I found, at least in networking for me, it was – it takes time to build those relationships and not to be uh, disillusioned when <laughs> things don't pan out immediately. I mean, in some cases, it takes years to, to build a network of people where they actually trust you enough to 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 benefit to create any sort of benefit. Is that? I mean, I know everything happens so much faster these days, so maybe I'm just a dinosaur. But is that still good advice for folks to be patient and, and to be disciplined and, and consistent? Absolutely. I mean. <laughs> Uh, I think you were dead on that your mindset going into any relationship is, isn't how fast can you help me? It's, you know, maybe for some people. Well, I think it all too often is exactly that. But I think if you go in with the mindset of, I'm really interested in you, I want to learn about you. I want to, I want to understand who you are and, and how can I potentially be in a position to help you and here are the things that you may be able to help me with. And it's a, it's a, it's a trade. Um, but you don't go in with the intention of after this conversation, I expect that I'm getting something from you. I would imagine people think that way. And that's an immediate disqualifier. Totally. In your line of work as a recruiter. Um, again, it goes back to that sort of humble, I'm, I'm interested, you know, if you walk up and say, let me tell you everything about me. Yeah. You know, you walk away and you go, I'm not sure I'm into that person. (laughs) Well, I think you mentioned something earlier about kind of the bubble or the cocoon of kind of that corporate job Mm. where people kind of, they forget the perspective. And I think that may be a a misconception that people have is, hey, I get out and I do these things and then boom, that reward is there. But a lot of times it's it's not quite that easy. Well, and I, I think that may also be a geographical truth here particularly in our marketplace, we're very relationship driven here. I mean, in the South, for sure. In Richmond, absolutely. If you go to a larger market, you know, if you go to New York City, you know, not that they're not relationship driven, but maybe they're a bit more transactional. And you can just say, here's what I want and need. And that's the conversation, you know, it's less about let's let's get to know each other. In Richmond, you can you, you don't do business without knowing people. What about, and Mary, I mean, you may know some of these, but I've seen, I think I've aged out of some of these groups now, but these kind of so quasi-social professional groups that get together once a month and kind of network in a more social, so it's not rotary anymore, there's maybe no right. community service, but are those, uh, and can you think of any in town that are maybe, uh, that you found to be valuable or that might be worth checking out? Um, oh, there's countless numbers of okay. them, absolutely. You know, um, you know, the one that comes to mind for um, you know up and coming um, business business guys particularly is something called Parliament. Um, Jay Carpenter, who's on our team, he leads business development for our firm. Um, 
again, it's a networking opportunity, but they bring in great speakers. Mm-hmm. You know, during a particular season, I think once a month, they'll bring in really high-powered speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a learning opportunity. It's a networking opportunity, but the network is really rich there. And is that a members-only type club? Not like the jacket, but right. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think it probably is. Okay. It probably is something you join. I'm not 100 okay. percent sure, but I believe so. But things like that is the perfect example. So not a lot of pressure, social atmosphere, but it's a great way to get out there and meet people. Totally. Um, yeah. Larry, what about you? Are, are you familiar with any of the groups kind of in town? Not to put you on the spot, but are you aware of anything that exists? A lot of the stuff that I've seen, you know, on social media and LinkedIn is targeted towards like my generation. So there hasn't been a lot that I've seen that spans um, multiple generations. It's more like, what can we do to serve the millennials? So, And, and an example for you would be what? So um, an example would be FPA Next Gen, which is like the FPA's chapter um, yep. for those under, what, 35 maybe? Yeah. Um, so I've seen more things targeted towards me, towards my age. Yep. So that's an industry-specific. FPA is Financial Planning yep. Association. So mm-hmm. an industry-specific national movement, right, um, for people who are kind of already in that field. Uh, are there other things in town? I mean, do you know of any? I'm not, again, if you don't know it, I just, I've seen some and again, I've immediately dismissed them because I was too old, but <laughs> um, I know they exist out there and they're probably easy to find if you Google it. So you, you literally could go to something every night of the week. Yeah. And, and I'd say, you know, we curate a lot of our own things and for our firm, yeah. you know, networking opportunities. And I'm sure, um, you know, a great thing to do as you're growing in your career, is, you know, Go find folks that, you know, are sort of in similar spaces or non-competing, but, you know, are trying to obtain the same kinds of contacts or network or information and create your own experience. Yeah. So I want to have you put your recruiter hat on for a little bit. You may have to dust it off. I don't know how how long it's been since you've gotten into the details. But what we've talked about LinkedIn profiles and all that stuff, but I'm sure you see way more candidates than you can handle. What are the things that stand out? And what are the things you look at? I know I've got a specific question around social media and what are recruiters, what are hiring managers looking for? Are they investigating your, you know, your, your, your online life? What are some of the things that you can share as a recruiter? Yeah, I mean, you're right. We see hundreds of candidates, hundreds of candidates, um, and we can't place them all. Um, so, you know, depending on sort of what end of the spectrum we're on, um, as far as experience, yeah. You know, I, I think that um, super experienced folks need to be very realistic about what is what change is going to take place. Um, you know, depending on what environment you came from, um, and what your what your must-haves are. You know, I want to stay in Richmond. I, you know, I, I want to have these kinds of things in my next career is absolutely going to impact the kind of role, the level role, the kind of compensation. You have to be realistic about your expectations. And what would you say? Because I would say that's probably a, a, a great deal of the people who we see who, who, who are super experienced. Help them kind of set their expectations if they want to stay in Richmond. I mean, 
are we talking compensation level? Is that the the major thing that they need to kind of get right with? Is it, you know, uh, what, what would it be? I, I do think quite often, you know, particularly if you're if you're a very experienced executive and you've worked in a you know a, a mid large to very large organization um, and you've had high compensation and suddenly you find yourself in transition, it's tough to replace that income, particularly if you were there for a long time, Yeah, you know, it, it, without, you know, making a significant move, yeah. uh, um, you know, it, and I will say there's sort of a universal truth. When you've moved to Richmond, you don't leave. Yeah. You, you know, you come here, you stay here. Um, you know, it's hard to convince people to leave Richmond. It's such a great place to live. Okay. Um, but that it, it is a significant challenge for folks to, to, rationalize. And I'd say, you know, I mean, you think, boy, I've earned this kind of money. How do I get right with that? Yeah. That I'm, I'm making a change and how big a change is, is it going to be? Yeah. I find people kind of, kind of, um, they, uh, it's how they relate, uh, how they show it's like having, um, like little military right. things on your, on your chest. It's like, well, how much do you make? It's like a badge of honor. It shows how much you've accomplished. And I think the people, you know, once they make that change, they find out that the money, the cliche is money isn't everything, um, that you can be happy and not. And we deal with people, it's not how much money, it's how much money do you need, you know? How much, what do you want to do with that time? And, and I think once you get over that stumbling block, things are a little bit more clear. I think the most important question for everyone to ask, and I'd say that, um, you know, maybe we see it even more prevalent in maybe more of the millennials, you know, what's most important to them is not money. Yeah. It's opportunity to learn and experience to have a, a opportunity to have a voice gaining experience. Yeah. And time, what are we spending? What, what we want to spend our time on is, are we finding meaning out of what we do? Yeah, absolutely. So I see, I see this pat, this new generation looking at us saying, you know what, it, you know, I'm willing to look at things where I make less money, yeah. but I can see a path to where I want to be and working in an organization that supports the kinds of things that are important to me. Like, yeah. you know, an organization can't rely any longer on, I have, I, I'll pay you money and I have good benefits. Yeah. If you're not engaged in the community and making an impact and, and creating these other things, then you're going to struggle attracting great people. You would agree with that too, Mary? Yeah, totally. So if we could only get the millennials, the young people, to teach the old people, older, seasoned, <laughs> professionals, super experienced, yeah. something, uh, that'd be one good lesson to learn. Yeah, and I, I would say that um, our experience has been, um, particularly as folks are embracing this new gig economy, because um, we see a lot of folks that, that – you know, hey, I've got choice now. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've had a great career. I've had great experiences. I'm in a unique financial position. I can make different choices in life. Yeah. Um, some of which maybe I can work or not work. Yeah. So f- for them, you know, it's not about re- replacing their income. It's about having an impact and providing value. That's a great, I'm not going to end yet, but that would be a great way to end it. Because <laughs> that's exactly right. That's what we try to talk to people about every day, assuming the financial piece can be covered. Not always easy to, to do that, by the way, but yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, in our business, our te- our, almost our entire team, again, if you looked at them, 
they've been in Fortune 500. They've been in they've been CFOs and other C-suite executives of companies that you know the names of. I mean, they're big companies and companies that have you know successfully had high high growth and exited very successfully. These folks have done amazing things. They can work anywhere they want. Yeah, anywhere they want. They choose to work here. Yeah. I'm just grateful that they do. Yeah, right. <laughs> they they can go make more money. Um, they are here because we fulfill something for them different than they can get elsewhere. They don't want to do it on their own because they don't like aspects of doing it on their own. Um, They like the culture. They like working with people. They like working with smart people. They like working with people of different age groups and the complexity of the clients. So um, those are the things that I think are most important when you get to the folks transitioning out of whatever their career has been into yeah. something new. It's, it's really evaluating what's really going to be important to me, and it's not the money. And being honest with yourself, and like you said, being a consultant versus a, an employee, I mean, you have to figure out what, what's going to work for you. Yeah. Because ultimately you're going to figure it out really quickly if you make the wrong choice. Yeah. All right, so I have two very specific questions that I was asked to ask uh, that makes you seem, yeah, that's, it's not really <laughs> obvious, but one is, dun, dun, dun. Um, so if they're not fortunate enough to, to have a great network as a candidate or they, they don't, you know, um, they don't have a firm like you guys nearby that can help them, where does one go online? Like what is the online job site these days that if people want to be, have their resume with a million other people, like what are the, what are the legit sites out there these days? You know, uh, Indeed, Okay. you know, that's probably a place to have um, your profile if you are looking for uh, another role. Okay. There's lots and lots of niche boards. So if you are um, a highly specialized executive, um, then I would look at your industry and maybe there's a board specifically related to your industry or an association that um, houses you know, resumes or a database of, of potential candidates and connects. Um, so, you know, I, I would say broadly, Indeed's probably a pretty big player. Okay. LinkedIn, I, I just, you know, if you, if I even tell folks, make sure you have a, a really well thought out LinkedIn profile, almost above and beyond a, a resume. I, 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 I meet candidates every week. Yeah. I rarely read a resume before I meet them. Um, okay. I, um, I, I don't value, I, I value the, the things that usually aren't on the resume, the conversation. And then LinkedIn gives you the opportunity to tell the story that you can't really tell on a, on a piece of paper that's called a resume. Because I think a resume, I mean, we did indeed work on a nonprofit foundation. We posted a job for one day, and I must have had 100 resumes within like two hours. Yep. And I just don't know how as a hiring manager, one, you can keep up with it, and two, how do you get someone to stand out in that? Exactly. Well, in, you know, again, if I, was, if I found myself in a position today to find a job, even in this market where candidates are in more control than hiring um, authorities, you have to be very proactive. You know, get out and engage your network. Get out and engage the community. Get involved. Ask to have informational meetings. You know, get in front of people. I mean, that's what, that is what 
I see the most productive executives do. It's pounding the pavement. They, fi- they find themselves in a position where their role was eliminated, yeah. and suddenly they are the most well-networked people in the market. Because you got to, and those are the people who are hungry. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so last question, and then I'll open it up if you guys have anything else, but I can believe we're almost out of time already. But um, we touched on this, but I want to go back to it. Social media profiles. As a recruiter, are there things that you do – not you personally, but that to investigate, like, oh, this person on their Facebook page had blah, blah, blah. Or, like, does it get that detail when you're looking at candidates? Uh, and what should people be aware of or be careful of Well, posting? <laughs> I, so I'd say for maybe the younger generation, <laughs> <laughs> you've cleaned yours up, right? <laughs> Spotless. Spotless. Um, I wouldn't know how to look at it anyway. <laughs> Uh, you know, I would, yeah, I would say, you know, it can have an adverse effect on your professional opportunities if you have um, bad things on your social media profile, you know, pictures or, you know, you, you want to clean that stuff up. And yes, I do think that um, smart employers are looking at that those kinds of details. They do go out there and do that. They do go out there and do that. Um I, I think probably just I think is a smart thing to do. I, I haven't seen a lot of negative effects. I mean, it would have to be fairly drastic, but I think you need to be prepared to say, hey, you know, I've learned some lessons from whatever that crazy thing you did. Um, <laughs> well, it says something about some. I mean, we still get calls from pe- previous employees, background checks, hey, verification of employment. To me, that seems like a logical thing. So it seems like the social media thing is, is also just another step that people are taking now to, to – better understand the candidates that they're looking at that's yeah. realistic yes yeah i mean i, I think it, what's interesting to in today's market right now you can on your phone order something and almost well by the time you get home for sure right. um, <laughs> it can be on your doorstep yeah. so there's a culture of immediacy yeah and that's the same with researching and finding out information about people. So there's, you know, before you go in to an, to an organization, you can know everything about a person, the team, the company, the yeah. culture, you know, this is the way the world works. It's immediate now. And so if you haven't cleaned up your profile, um, you will, after this happens to you the first time where they think, gosh, you know, I'm not so sure they're the right fit based on the lifestyle we see there. And if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, you should set one up. You should, before we get this podcast out, they okay. should have. I mean, it I have up. one. Just, <laughs> I haven't looked at yeah. it in a while. But. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it, this is a this is a you should be tending to a LinkedIn profile on a weekly basis. Okay. You should add to it on a weekly basis. All of us. All of us. <laughs> I, I absolutely. It helps in so many ways. Got it. Okay. So last round of questions. Open, open mic here. Anything for either of you guys you'd like to add for our listeners before we sign off? Yeah, I had a question. Um, I'm wondering if you ever come across um, people who want to... I'm wondering if you ever come across people who are, you know, have been in a role for a long time and they are considering a career change, but their hesitation is, well, why would anyone want to hire me when they could hire someone 
who's a lot younger than me, who is fresh out of college, even though I have experience in the workforce, if I'm changing my career, why, why would anyone want to hire me? So changing to a totally different profession, you know, it's interesting. I think there is a challenge today. Um, you know, there was an article that I read not too long ago that, um, universities are, are preparing folks for sort of getting into their first job. But beyond that, the next wave of people are learning the newest technologies. And they're then prepared to push those folks out of that job. So um, the point of this statement is individuals that are in an organization and learning how to function in a company and learning how to manage people, that's the transferable skill. You know, so you can take how do you how do you help a business between industries function well? Um, so you may have had a, a very technical skill set at one point that somebody else is replacing you. Some younger, you know, latest technology skill set is coming in to replace that. But you've developed a totally different capability of managing people and thinking strategically about the business and how to move things forward. And that's transferable, I think. Did that answer your question? Yeah. It didn't answer my question of her questions. <laughs> good. That's good. Any last thoughts for you, Rich? <laughs> we'll work on your LinkedIn. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, come see the boys' band. I will. Um, yeah. When you uh, move downtown. Where, where do they play? Um, so they are playing on, I think, October 26th, a Saturday at Innsbruck Pumpkin Palooza. Okay. Um, which is a fun time, family friendly, be okay. a good time. And then um, in on November 9th, uh, again, a Saturday, okay. if you too want to feel young, you can come to the Canal Club. Um, they are they are going to be playing their new, uh, they were just in the studio for um, a couple of weeks and recorded all their new music. And so at the Canal Club, they're going to be playing their show. It's like their album release party. Their album sort of release. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. I will not be doing sound that night. No, you're not. They have a good I'll sound be dancing that night. <laughs> they have a great dance floor. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Rich, thanks very much. Yeah. We appreciate it very much. It's Thank great you. To connect with you again. Uh, for all those of you still listening out there, uh, make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Shoot us a note at evofipodcast at gmail.com or check out our quite frequently updated Twitter or Instagram feeds. Until next time, take care. I was working for You better not